Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portsign with you on a Tuesday morning here in Columbus, east of Columbus a touch. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, you're feeling well? I'm feeling okay. You? Good. Yeah, everything's uh, everything's fine here. Hope the same for everybody out there. Stay uh, home, please. Yes, please stay home. If you have to go out, certainly don't interact. Um, keep a low profile for a while. It's not, I mean, look, it's not the worst thing in the world to have to stay home with your loved ones and maybe slow down a little bit and take a, a quieter approach to life. You can find the sunny side in just about anything if you want to. But, um, yeah, I've been talking to players the last few days, and they're all coming up with creative ways to it's funny you talk to the guys who have multiple kids and they're like oh oh, oh," like really need the hockey back (laughs) um because they usually go somewhere in the summer the kids can just kind of be on their own right a lot of them are like wow my wife is a hero like they didn't about time yeah they didn't realize what's going on during the season felino's ready to pull his remaining hair out (laughs) wow Uh, whoa whoa what Nick, uh, if Nick and you're he lucky, you're, a good job. you're lucky he doesn't listen to this podcast. He enjoys a good. I job. I may have to clip that out and send that to him. He enjoys a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so quiet in Blue Jackets land, quiet across the NHL, uh, the the Canadian Hockey League, the parent group of the OHL Western Hockey League, and the Quebec Junior League. They just bagged the Memorial Cup, which is I don't think has ever not been played at the end of a season. So the Olympics are, have been postponed. You wonder, I mean, the, the, the NHL has sort of laid out their path for when the next decision will be made. They said, we're going to take 45 days. That was seven or eight days ago. And then start a camp and crank it back up again. You just wonder if that, if that can be and how much longer the league uh, can go before making a decision. On this 1920 season, it would be a shame uh, given the the storyline that the Blue Jackets created this season to just have this thing end mm-hmm. so abruptly, Allison, but I think with each with each bit of news with with the leaks that the weeks that lie ahead of us here, it seems like it's becoming of of increasing possibility or perhaps likely, likelihood that there is no no wrap up to this league. Yeah, and in some ways, I, you know, I do feel for the players because it, it must be very, very hard. You know, we talked about this before and, and Tom wrote an article on this, but it must be very, very hard to be trying to maintain your, your job, your, your body at, at a level that could be prepared to play, but you're not sure when. Right. right. So in some ways it just shut it down. Let's define a date that is more in the cycle of things as normal and, and move forward. <laughs> Yeah, and the one thing the league does not want to do, re- reiterating this, is take from next year. Right. They want to have a full next season if they can. I don't think they want to to be patching up this season uh, and and having to patch up next season because of it. So that's something to keep in mind. If that if that holds, if that if that uh, feeling remains, then you'd have to think this this season is on life support, if you will. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and it. I mean, the one thing they can't have, and I think this is the concern within the league that that nobody's voiced, um, at least at the league level, is they don't want to say, okay, everybody's good, we're coming back, uh, 
middle of May and then have a player test positive right. in late May. Right. And this thing, it just doesn't, there's no sense that this thing is going to be eradicated, completely eradicated with the virus or with a vaccine available uh, by May. Certainly, it could be another year before there's a vaccine available. So I think if you're, I think if you're a realist here, I think you're looking at this and wondering how much, how much of the season can can still be salvaged at this point. But uh, with that in mind, uh, we thought we would take a look ahead. Um, still have one foot in this season for sure. Um, at what the Blue Jackets roster looks like, uh, who are the absolute for sures to be back next season. Anything can change at any time, of course, folks, but there could be surprise trades in there. But who at this point would be anticipated to be back uh, for next season? And it gets kind of interesting where th- those teams had quite a bit of turnover or could have quite a bit of turnover in these last two years combined for a team that's been a pretty good team. Um, we look at, let's start with the forwards, if that's okay, Allison. Oh, it's fine. Um, I think we can all agree Dubois needs a new contract, but he's for sure back. For sure. Atkinson. For sure. Nyquist. Yes. Jenner. Yes. Bjorkstrand. Yes. Um, did I mention Nick Felino? You did not. Nick Felino. Most likely, yes. I would think so. Uh, and then after that, I think it gets, well, Emil Bemstrom back. Yeah. Uh, Texier back. Texier back. Eric Robinson back. See, but this is, this is the thing. Like, if you have an amazing trade, could some of these players be involved? Potentially. For sure. For sure. Yes. And Robinson is the name that I think probably is on that list. Right. I don't think they want to move him, though. Well, I, I sure. Right? I agree, yeah. Um, I think it gets interesting after that. So that's one, two. We, are we going to put Robinson in there, or is he still at, put an asterisk next to him? Uh, mm, asterisk. Uh, what about Winberg? I think he's back because it's just a hard contract to move. But asterisk, if... if oh. There's too much thinking at this point, like because they need the center, but if yes. they could get a center back. Yeah. I'm going to put an asterisk next to him like I am Robinson. Fair. But the, the tricky part there is he's the kind of player that team with a ton of cap space acquires. Yes. Right? Yes. And the Blue Jackets don't need to do a salary dump, so I don't no. think they like paying him that kind of money, but he still is a, a worthwhile player. For a- absolutely. So I'm going to change that asterisk. I've talked myself out of it. I'm going to change that asterisk into a check mark. Ooh. Yeah, I think he's back. Okay. Again, trades can always happen. Right. Where do we stand with Riley Nash, who has one year left at two point seven five? I think, I think he's an asterisk in that he he's similar to Wenberg. He adds value, um, but would they would they be hesitant to move him if the right deal was on the table i say no i agree i i just find it hard to believe that that a team that a a team how to say this doesn't feel like they could have a better option for less than 2.75 so i feel like the jackets might be stuck with him and i I mean that i don't mean stuck like right right it's not a bad contract i think they've figured out a way to give him value in their lineup right but it, he's not a $2.75 million player. 
Right. Um, and so now I think after, so we've got Felino, this is on the left side, Felino Texier, <laughs> Wenberg, Jenner, Nash, Dubois, probably back. Yeah. Atkinson, Nyquist, Bjorkstrand, Bemstrom. Okay. That's 10 guys. Okay. All right. Uh, where do we stand on Devin Shore? I mean, that's that's a it's somewhat of a Riley Nash one, right? Because it and, is, and unfortunately for the player, that he really wasn't able to show much. I mean, he had how many games in a blue jacket sweater before everything hit pause? So yeah. it's a very um, it that's a hard one, and I you know it's it's hard too from an asset management perspective because he is an RFA. And you don't want to just lose an asset, even though, you know, so do you qualify him? But that's a high dollar value, too. So Yeah, he's a 2.3. So at that money, 2.3 million, the qualifying offer would still be 2.3 million. Okay. Now, to your point, and it's a great one, you just traded former first-round draft right. Sonny Milano for him. Right. Are you going to not qualify Devin Shore? And then essentially... Lose... Yeah, the eight yeah. games you got for out of Devon Shores is the return you got for Sonny Milano. Right. Huh. I could see them, honestly, and I don't know if Shore would go for this, but trying to rework a contract with him mm. for more term but less money. Mm-hmm. And whether he takes that or not, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, has Kevin Stenland done enough for you, Allison, to say he's on the team? Uh, he's done enough to say he's in the organization. Can I give that answer? Yeah. Yeah, he's an RFA as well. Yep. Keep him. Here's a really interesting one. I just wrote a piece about him uh, again in his long-ago relationship with former Blue Jacket Kevin Deneen. So look for that on the website. But Nathan Gerby. Mm-hmm. Interesting cat here. And the, he's 32. Not too many guys get signed two-way contract extensions in the middle of the season at the age of 32 years old. That's how valuable he has been deemed to this organization. He's making 750 at the NHL level each of the next two seasons. I think he's a swing guy. I think he's your 13th forward. Your thoughts on Nathan Kirby? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it, it, the problem that the Blue Jackets face, and this is well-treaded, trodden, well-trodden territory? I don't know what Troded? Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, well-walked. The Blue Jackets have a lot of really good bottom six, bottom nine forwards. <laughs> yes, yes. They, they tend to... Uh, to be all over the league, yes. <laughs> and you know, so what's hard here is to say, well, sure, you know, maybe Nathan Gerby is, is that 13th guy, but there's still stuff missing. And so could any of these players be moved to get that top-line talent? Sure. Like, that's yeah. that's what I'm struggling with. Here. Yeah. And, the, the I mean, this is a refreshing uh, revelation for... Blue Jackets fans, they have no UFAs this season. <laughs> they had enough last year. They had enough last year. They have a couple <laughs> of minor league UFAs, Doyle Summerby, Dylan Simpson, um, but no UFAs at the NHL level. So you add you add uh, Texier into the mix. Josh, what do you don't know what the hell happens with Josh Anderson. I think he gets traded, as others have said. Uh, he's the guy we haven't even mentioned yet, but I don't think he's back, Allison. Uh, it, it, I mean... I'm going to continue to say that the best situation is for a deal to be worked out. Yes. That's what it feels like it's working towards. No, I mean the other kind of deal, a contract. A contract. I I remain in the Keep Anderson camp. 
Well, I'm all for that. I, that's that is that would be my preference if I'm running the team, <laughs> which we are today. Today yeah, what, we are. What what is the reality? What's the expect the expectation in real life like, for you? Is it the same? I mean, again, I have said this repeatedly. The question for me is: Does Josh Anderson want to be a Columbus Blue Jacket? Because if he does, the conversations potentially go differently. But I, I'm actually going. It's it's going to be an interesting time in general because of what the world is going through now, right? Yeah. And and sure. I don't. I'm not saying that Josh Anderson's going to come running back and say, "Please let me sign for just three million a year" or something like this. But right. it, who's to say what what changes for everyone, uh, given what's going on right now? So I things that were. Matters of principle might not be as big a matter of principle in a couple months. Who who knows? But um, I, I remain in the camp that they should. That you know what? I just for sake of argument, he comes back. That's what I'll say. Wow. So Anderson's back, and we we're counting Texier healthy. Yep. You're looking at eighteen forwards, and I'm including Jakob Lilia who for me is a swing guy. He's an yep. RFA this summer too. Yep. Yep. I would suggest they qualify him. Uh, Stefan Mateau has, he's signed a contract. It's a two-way deal, but he is signed through next year as well. Mm-hmm. I, for me, Stenland, McGinnis, and I, I put Stenland at the top of, of, of McGinnis. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I put Lillian Mateau in there as well. Mm-hmm. I probably put Gerby in there. Mm-hmm. I think those guys... If this team all returns, as Devin Shore goes in there as well, they fight for the final scraps of this lineup. Agree. Yeah. Um, but with all of those bodies and all those guys that I think this team feels can can play, I think it opens up yet again for the potential of, of movement this summer in terms of multiple players leaving the organization for standout players. Mm-hmm. Agreed? I do agree. Absolutely. That I mean, it, the Blue Jackets did themselves a lot of good in many ways with what happened this season. And part of it was increasing the value of all of the players who showed that they could hang in this NHL league when maybe they were names that people didn't know too well. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, Kevin Stenland, that Ryan McInnes would be getting extended NHL time. So, um bundling pieces and different players to get that high, high end talent, I think is something the blue jackets are going to be interested in. Yeah. Now I think there's only certain players. I mean, Mateau, Lilia, McGinnis, Shore, those guys probably aren't the types that are sweeteners for For big time deals. For sure. Eric Robinson could be. Maybe Stenland's played himself into I think Stenland, yeah, for sure. A spot where people are enamored of his they they see something there they like. Robinson's speed is the one that jumps off the page for everybody. Yeah. I think he'd be the easiest guy to, to move as a deal sweetener. But I think I think that those I agree with you, but those those players we just ran through, it yeah. they hold more value than they did before. I'm not saying this is like a yeah. <laughs> a oh, Nylander for, sure. for Mateau trade kind of right. situation, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, and it's something we've talked about, Allison, throughout the season is all these, the silver lining to all of these injuries is it forced them to play Merzlikens. Right. And look what they have. Yeah. 
it forced them to bring these guys up, and it, it validates if you're trying to move a guy, a, a Stenland, whoever, Matteau, I, I, I mean, he's a 26-year-old minor leaguer, but a Stenland, right, right. Uh, Robinson, uh, these guys, Bemstrom played a ton. It He played more when, when the injuries struck. He was part of the injuries, of course. <laughs> um, it 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 makes opposing GMs feel a little more comfortable because they have seen these guys exactly at the NHL level. Exactly. Taking some of the risk away. Exactly. Yeah. And so that helps them. But they've got a lot to sort out at forward because there's a lot of bodies there for not a lot of spots. Mm-hmm. And certainly I don't think you can anticipate, God save the queen, um, the same number of injuries <laughs> as they had last year. Uh, one I guy we have it's not... humanly possible. I know, right? <laughs> one guy we haven't mentioned is Foodie's going to be here too. I mean... Without a doubt. You think he's solidified an NHL spot? No question. I think he's ahead wow. of Robinson. I think he's ahead of Robinson on the depth chart. Interesting. Already. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, all right. Gabriel, Gabriel Carlson came up and played however many NHL games and started the playoffs, and we haven't seen I'm him aware. since. So I know. I'll still... I'll still, I'm, I'm I'll not, still put that out there. Okay. See, I'm I'm yeah. contrarian today. I say that he still has to earn that spot. He has a good That's shot, fine. but I don't think he's guaranteed. And to your earlier point, he has now played at the NHL level. Correct. Right? He's not. I mean, it's, it was limited. It was three games. Uh, yes. Two or three games. Two, three, three games. Two. Some, something like that. Yeah. Um. So that's not a huge body of work. But if you're another GM, you can now you can now watch Liam Foodie play NHL games and say. That's what it looks like. I thought he played pretty damn well, to be yeah. honest with you, in those two games. Yeah. Now, it's, and Torts has talked about this with all of the young players who've come through this organization, and everyone sees this across the league. That Two games is also a lot of adrenaline, right? And that's why I'm saying he still has to earn a spot, because he may, yeah. you know, there's, there's that initial bump, and then there's learning to play 82 NHL games. That's right. Now, I've got some tough ones for you here. I'm ready. Uh, now, these aren't, this isn't, he's going to be back with the organization, but is there any reason to think that there's a spot or could be a spot for this player person? Uh, what do they do with Cole Sherwood, who's Ooh. now 23 years old, is coming out of his entry level deal? He's going to be an RFA this summer. Um, qualify, not qualify? Qualify for sure. I All think right. I was surprised, honestly, that he didn't come back up. I know um, because I liked I liked what I saw before he got injured when he was at the NHL level. Um, but I think I think they qualify him. Building off that, mm-hmm. I'm surprised Trey Fix Molanski didn't get a look. I'm not only because I think that so he had he had some pretty significant injuries as well. He did, he and did. I think that. For him and the kind of player he has to be. I mean, Nathan Gerby knows how to be the player he has to be, right? And I think Trey Fix-Wolanski is on a similar path. And I think I think Trey Fix-Wolanski is going to get a sniff of the NHL. But while I would have loved to see it, I'm not – I didn't read a lot into him not coming up this season, personally. This is, this is just – I want to see a Fix-Wolanski, Gerby, Atkinson line. You're – listen – you're going to come up with some horrible nickname for it. No, no. How great would it be? Oh, it would be fantastic. I'd play that line. I don't know who's the center, but I would play that line. <laughs> It'd be, I mean, you know they'd go hard. Well, that is true. Uh, Zach Dalpy is back. I think he's seen largely as a minor league, as a Cleveland guy. He's it, got a contract through next year. Yeah. 
He does. No, I know. I just he yeah. he didn't play. He was injured too. He didn't play much yeah. at all. Oh, I know. They're all injured. Everybody's injured. Everybody's injured. Marco Dano. Mm. RFA. I don't think he's back. Nope. Maxime Fortier. RFA. I don't think he's back. I could see um, maybe Dano getting an AHL offer. I'm not sure though. Yeah, I could see that. Do you qualify him? I mean, he's at eight hundred thousand, so it'd be a ten percent raise. Eight eighty. I think you could probably get him cheaper. Yeah, I don't. If they do, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I think you'd be lucky to get an NHL deal for the minimum at this point. So yeah, why qualify him? Uh, Paul Bittner, Calvin Thurkoff, Justin Scott, are all RFAs. Are you ready to move on from any of them? Um, Bittner maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's he, been a while. Yeah. Yep. Seems like he's been here forever. Well, and he remember he was he was uh, Bjorkstrand's line mate in, right. in the W, Portland. and you know that's you see that Bjorkstrand was able to continue, and it seems like Bittner has hit maybe a, a pause, a, a yeah. limit. Yeah. So we're looking at this. We've got about nineteen forwards for the Blue Jackets <laughs> already next year, uh, with some pretty healthy competition at the bottom. And I, we think they're going to beef up this forward group this summer. Yes. So I, I think you can look at that and expect. I don't. They certainly don't just let guys walk away without qualifying them. That's wasting a commodity. But I think you could see a lot of two for one minor league deals or a lot of uh, major league deals that have multiple people leaving Columbus for uh, one or two fewer people coming back. For sure as a way to sort of concentrate power. Those are hard deals to make, though, because there aren't many teams out there. It's easy. This isn't fantasy hockey or video game hockey where the other team isn't looking for three lesser players for two good players. It just doesn't work that way. So they've got to find the right deal. Uh, one, One thing that could work in all of this is this league is taking a huge financial hit. Oh, yeah. Huge. And so all of the hope that the salary cap would go up, continue to go up, it's moderate, I think, 5% climb, it's average through mm-hmm. the years. Mm-hmm. That is not going to happen at all. And so a lot of these teams who th- either thought they were going to have more space next year or prepared worst-case scenario to have the same amount of space, I think there is an understanding that the salary cap is going to go down significantly. Yeah. And a team like Columbus with a lot of salary cap space – uh, could benefit uh, big time from that. And that those are the kind of deals where uh, three-for-ones, mm-hmm. two-for-ones can can take place if a team is desperate to, to needs body and to save money. So well, something to look at. And look at how, I mean, again, this is not the priority of life right now, but look at how it, it, uh, beneficial this Blue Jacket season has turned out to be for next year in terms of exactly what you just said and also – they didn't lose a lot at the deadline. They didn't. They weren't one of the teams paying a lot to get someone right. in. I mean, if you're if you're Tampa oh. Bay, if you're I mean, oh. if you're one of those teams, I mean, yep. God, talk about losing losing currency. That's that's just brutal. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And you wonder if these teams. I'm trying to think back to when the trade deadline was. If there was any indication. In there than anything like this, and nobody could have anticipated no, this. No, no. But wow, mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, to the defense. Yes. 
a lot of the same questions here. Jo Seth Jones will be back. Yes. Um, that's one of those one of those stories that's just been undercut by all of this. And again, not the priority, certainly the <clears throat> global priority, but Seth Jones's broken ankle. Could he have come back from it? And that was something that bared watching. He will be back, of course. If they play next year's uh, Jones Warensky back, yes, no arguments there, right? Mm -hmm. Agree. Uh, David Savard, Vladislav Gavrikov back. Yeah, Gavrikov needs a new contract, but for sure back. Um, he does, and he's an interesting. He falls. He's one of the rare ones who to this category, where he's an RFA. But he's not, not that he's an offer sheet type anyways, but he's not eligible for an offer sheet because he, um, he hasn't played enough games or enough seasons to qualify for that level of RFA. So he's a restricted free agent, but he's like really restricted as a free agent. <laughs> so it's just a matter of time before the Blue Jackets get him signed. We think they're working on a deal already. So we've, the Blue Jackets top four is back. <laughs> Well, you're wondering about Savard. I am. Yep. That's Lo fair. Love the player, but last year of his contract. Yep. Uh, Right-handed, big defenseman. Big defenseman. Can be impactful. I 29. Think th this one I could see. This, what happens here could be a tell on where this front office really sees the next window. Right? The real window. Yeah. Um, right. So... I think Gavrikov, he plays on the left side. I'm not saying he directly replaces him. Yeah. But having that sort of muscle, and he's five years younger. Oh, I, yeah, I yeah. I think he makes he makes it easier to trade Savard because your back end doesn't feel quite so, um, I don't want to say soft. but, but Lighter, as, lighter, lighter. It doesn't feel lighter if you move Savard. It doesn't feel as much lighter as if you move Savard out. I agree. The only I do, you know, there's and we've seen this with Savard and, and you wonder, too, for Gavrikov. And there was a little bit of movement here at the end in terms of defensive pairs. But, you know, there is something to be said for the way those two played together as well. No right. So, yep. um, again, I'm not advocating moving Savard, but I'm saying if he's if he's a piece that makes those other deals that this team needs happen, I, I don't think he's untouchable. And I think that this team is really, really high on Andrew Peak. Agree, 100%. Who either he or Nudavara could move up into that spot to the right of Gavrikov. Agree. Um, and here is the age-old question here in town. Mm-hmm. You know where I'm going. Ryan Murray. What do you do there? What can you do? I think he, I think he's like Winberg, and that, you know, that's a, that's, and you already mentioned the salary cap changes. That's a... It, he is such. We say, you know, we we should just put a recording together and hit like the mm -hmm. Ryan Murray soundbite. Oh, I know. Um, such a valuable player when he's playing, um, but because he has physical limitations, I I don't know that that's a movable contract, and so he stays. I agree. So and and yeah, he's under contract through next year, four point six million. So he's a UFA in twenty one twenty two. I don't think he's tradable. Nope. Given the injuries? Yep. Unless you take a major hit. Uh, so Jones, Wierenski, Gavrikov, Peak, Nudavara, Murray. Yep. Uh, with a question mark next to Savard. Yep. 
Harrington's back. Harry Harry will be here longer than anybody. Scott <laughs> Harrington is is this team's uh, Keith Richards. Have you seen his puppy, by the way? No, Keith Richards no. or Scott Harrington. <laughs> Scott Harrington. No, adorable little puppy. I, I mean, anyway. what puppy isn't adorable? Valid. What what kind of uh, puppy? I don't know what, what kind it is, what, but it's very cute. What brand? <laughs> you can you can go look at his social. He posts, and then the Blue Jackets retweeted a picture yesterday. Nice. It's very cute. Nice. Um, Allison, what do you do with Gabriel Carlson? I think you qualify him and you... And you just keep, hold steady? Yeah. I mean, unless he decides to go to Europe, maybe, or something. I don't. We, we don't really know this player right. in terms of intentions or how comfortable he's feeling or what... You know, right. that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I think you I think you qualify him. Now here's a guy I'm surprised we didn't see uh, at some point this year is Adam Clendenning. I am also surprised, very much. I mean, they kept they kept uh, Carlson up here as a scratch for a long time. Clendenning under contract through next year at $700,000. Um, so he's back, and he's a very incredibly valuable guy in the AHL level. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mind him as an extra guy coming up. No. Uh, to the to the uh, NHL. I agree. Uh, what do you do with Ryan Collins or Michael Prepovesis? RFAs both. Where did they go? Where's my depth chart? Here they are. Um, That's bad if you go, where are they? Well, I'm looking at my depth chart. Where I, are they? I didn't, I'm looking at cap friendly to be specific, oh, so I had to gotcha. scroll down. Gotcha. Excuse gotcha. me. Um, I think that Prepovesis... I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe they get AHL deal. They would certainly get an AHL offer. I See, don't know I, if you. Yeah, I, I think Prepovesis is gone. He's barely even played in Cleveland. Yeah, spent some time in the coast. I don't see that one happening. Ryan Collins. I. Uh, I just. I don't think they feel like he's a viable player anymore. Yeah. Um, and two other UFAs. I think they could. They could sign both of them. Uh, probably Simpson more likely to a minor league contract than Doyle Summerby, but both of those guys are up as UFAs. Yes. Uh, and an interesting guy, Jacob Christensen. This is a guy they just signed to an oh, right. entry-level deal. Um, this is a guy that, that will is for sure going to play in the American Hockey League next year. I think people can say that. Uh, and this is a project. I think he's defensively a project, but boy, does he have offensive skills. And I can't wait to see um, – I mean, I, I've never said this before, so I shouldn't say it now. Um, it will be interesting to see next next fall in the preseason, should there be one. I want to see this kid play because uh, people talk about him. Six foot one, 180, 195 pounds or so. He can fly and loves to carry the puck and is a totally creative player. Um, so that could be fun. That could be fun to watch. But I think he's an AHL guy for sure, but he's definitely back. He's in an entry-level deal. Yeah. Um, so... Um, we think they give from their defense a little bit, and if so, perhaps it's Savard. Otherwise, I think the top eight, because of the injuries, you'd be familiar with almost everybody this year. I think Andrew Peak gets a bigger role next year. Um, we think Murray's back. We think Nudavara's back. Not sure what becomes of Gabriel Carlson. Uh, and there's some minor league guys in there that, that could factor in as depth guys. But I suspect they'll be active uh, signing minor league free agents um, because I'm not sure how much longer Collins and Prepovesis get to hang around and maybe Summerby and Simpson look elsewhere mm-hmm. for, a, right. for an, an opportunity where they could play because they're UFAs. Right. Uh, moving on to the goaltenders, Oh, boy. Allison. I'm ready. Wow, is this interesting. 
Um, Corpusalo, Merzlikens. You would think both of them is back, <clears throat> one of them's back. What's what's uh, percentage likely that both of them are back for you? Did we do this last week? I feel like we did. I feel like we did. But what what's your what's your guess there that both are back? I continue to stay on the share the net train. You, so you think it's a hundred percent they're both back or eighty six? Eighty six percent, they're both back. <laughs> I think it's 50-50, and I think it depends on what kind of deals they get. One thing, back to the salary cap issue. Um, Brayton Holtby now becomes more difficult for teams to fit under their cap. Correct. Right? Yes. And so if you are a goaltender of the ilk of of uh, uh, Merzlikens or Corpusalo, you're going to get a raise, and a hefty raise, but you're not going to be in the $6, 7000000 million range. Like Holpe is. So that could help the Blue Jackets as well. Correct. Uh, in terms of those guys now becoming targets of teams off-season wish list rather than a Holpe because he might be too expensive. Yes. Or maybe Braden Holpe just has to to um, bow back his wishes, which would, for him would be unfortunate. If they go, if they move one of Corpusalo or Merzlikens, mm-hmm. Um, who's the backup, or do they need to go outside the organization for a backup? Do you trust Matisse Kivlenix, who saw some play this year and looked pretty good for the most part? Um, in this moment, my strategy would be to see if there wasn't a good veteran backup to bring in. Gotcha. Uh, because if you're if if you move Corpusalo or Merzlikens, and I would. My guess would be that Corpusalo might be the, the one that would move. I think that you, you don't want to, you don't want to stunt one of these young goaltenders. Right. Particularly after, I mean, as crazy as the Blue Jacket season was, that obviously made the Monster season crazy too. And sure. so I think cooking and getting some more seasoning and some more winning at that level for these goaltenders could be helpful. So I would not bring either he or Vini Vevelainen up just to have them sit. Yeah. Now, the, the tricky part with that is if you bring somebody from outside the organization, you're now keeping Tarasov, Kivleniex, and Vevelainen below the NHL level. and They're all going to be in North America next year. Okay. So I don't know. I don't think you want any of those guys playing in the coast, and that could portend a move. I don't think they want to move – Tarasov, I think Tarasov and Vavalainen share the net in yep. Cleveland next year. Yeah. So what becomes of Matisse Kivleniex? That's <clears throat> that's a tough one. Yeah. I think I would not be surprised, frankly, to see them go with whichever goaltender they keep, Corpusala and Rizlikens, and have Kivleniex be the backup. Don't love it. Not gonna lie. Yeah, and, and but I'm with you. How many games would Kivleniex play in that scenario? Ten or twelve? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I guess I, I guess I'm I'm more looking at what I think they're going to do rather than what I would do. Ugh. And this team has not they have not been averse to taking major risks at that position. <laughs> this is true, right? This I mean, this true. season in itself was a major risk at goaltender. Yes. It was. Uh, yes. Because Corpusalo looked like he could be a decent player. Let's see where he's got. He was really, really good. They were right. We can say that. They were right. Merzlikens got off to a slow start, played better than he 
than the record would show. Um, but it, nobody knew what that was going to look like. And beyond those two guys were even bigger question marks in the minor leagues. And they, you can say now they were right, but that's a bit of a gamble that they took heading into the season. Right. Um, and it paid off. I think they've shown in the past a willingness to gamble at that position. Um, so, anyways. Uh, so, I, I think there's a trade to be made, maybe two trades to be made mm-hmm. at the goaltender position mm-hmm. this this uh, offseason. Let's hope that offseason takes um, its normal course and that something can happen to finish this season because I do think it would be a shame to just let this one um, wither on the vine. Yes. But But this is where we're at. Um, Allison, I think we made it through the team pretty well there. You've got an update on Ohio State hockey. Yes. Um, I have talked about this player um, as long as we've been talking about Ohio State hockey. But Jincy Dunn, um, who, if anyone from USA Hockey is listening to this, I really need you to explain to me why she's not getting a look at the national team level. Um, Captain uh, Jincy Dunn, defenseman, one of the most talented players, arguably, to go through the program. Um has won back-to-back first-team All-American honors, and she's just the fourth defensive player in the past decade to earn first or second team honors three times. So uh, that's truly special. Um, I'm so mad that we don't have a formal place where we know we're going to be able to see her play in the future, but that's another story for another time. And also congratulations to another super talented player, Emma Malte, who was a top 10 finalist for the Patty Kazmaier Award, which is the basically MVP, the best player in the league. Um, she is second team All-American. So bright things to be coming from her in this next year, which will be her senior season. So um, really special time in Ohio State women's hockey. That's awesome. And you wrote a really nice piece. I'm sure people have seen it by now about the outgoing seniors at Ohio State. Um, I mean, it's tough for Blue Jackets players is tough for pro athletes to have this season wrap up. And some guys around this league will not have jobs in right. the future. Right. And their, their careers end. We can't pretend to know who those are at this point. But in the college ranks, we know that those seniors are not coming back, and we know that their seasons ended yeah. uh, really prematurely. This crescendo that builds uh, every spring to something special at every level of hockey, just the, the record just cut off. Right yeah. before it started getting good, that's that's tough. Yeah, I think that I think the the player that said it best was Elise Riemann Schneider, who talked to us for that article, and she said, you know, I mean, we all remember our our senior year, be it high school or college or both, but you know, it's it's time to make moments. It's you know you're yeah. gonna do this for the last time or do that for the last time, and she said that the very worst part was that the last time she put on her Ohio State jersey, she didn't know it was her last. Yeah. Um, well. uh, yeah. And I think that, you know, they, again, these are just particularly on the women's side because there's so little opportunity for these athletes to continue to play the game that they're so good at. Um, just really, really tough, and particularly for both sides, the men's and the women's, having such strong seasons and particularly being at some of their best levels going into the end of the season. It's, it's salute to them because it, it's, it's a story that will remain unfinished. Yeah. A few questions to get to here. First from George Smith, at George underscore W underscore Smith. He says, I hope the season resumes, but if it doesn't, is there any impact to the offseason goalie decision? Does it increase the odds of rolling with both next year? Also, any possible impact on Torch's decision and how much longer he might coach? 
Um, I don't know that this season ending really impacts the goalie decision. I think they had plenty enough to evaluate both players. They certainly know Corpus Allo well. Um, I don't know that it increases the odds. We talked earlier about how the salary cap implications could could make their guys more attractive than maybe some of the high-priced options that are out there. Um, and as as for Torts, any possible impact on how much longer he coaches, um, yeah, that's not something he's he's going to go to right now. I think it would be really, really, um, I don't know, what's the what's the premature. Right word? Well, it would be premature, but it would also be for him just kind of a an empty feeling to have it end like this. Oh, I agree. I would think to just walk out now, but uh, don't pretend to know what's in his mind or his heart at this point. Stayed in touch, but um, that has not been a topic just yet. Uh, if here's one from Jim Pfeiffer at Bengal Blitz, it's looking more and more like there will not be a completion of the NHL. Allison, I'll let you take this one. Any idea of a point of no return date in regards to a complete cancellation of the season? Um, I mean, they just postponed the Olympics. Right. <laughs> so I feel like, I mean, there was that weird proposal floating around that maybe they wrap up the season with like a, an abbreviated chunk before next season. But I personally think that's just insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I feel like, gosh, what do you think? Like May 15 is probably a... I mean, yeah. It, it, it just, uh, as we said earlier, it just feels to me like this is starting to get away here. Because, again, I mean, I, if, if, I'm, if I'm a player, I mean, because the players are still getting paid. Um, if I'm a player at some point, it's just when we think about the mental and physical preparation to do their jobs, I think at some point trying to maintain or... or be on a holding pattern in both of those levels becomes detrimental. That's just my uneducated yeah. opinion. And so the, the focus has to shift to the next year. Agreed. And I, the risk, the possibility of, of rest, I mean, just getting through the next couple of weeks is going to be difficult. Getting through the next couple of months is going to be tough to risk starting another, uh, another wave of this by having, full buildings and I don't know who, how many people would come back immediately. That's something that has to be considered too. Is it financially worth it uh, to play in front of barns that you can assume are not going to be full? Uh, people may not be ready to hop right in as they were before for quite a while on the other side of this. Uh, it all has to be factored in. Uh, last question here. We'll leave on a high note. This is from Mary Shaw uh, at Mayor Shaw 3. The Mary Shaw. Not who may or may not be related to a member of the Blue Jackets coaching staff who works with defensemen. Mary, if you're uh, listening, I enjoy the Brad, the, the domestic Bradshaw updates. Keep them coming. They're fantastic. Well, her, well here's one sort of uh, an update. Can you pick up my husband and drive him for a drive somewhere? <laughs> you know what? Anywhere? You, you know what? If he's willing to, to talk to me for, for that period of time, Mary, it, I, you you DM me and I will happily come pick him up and take him for hours away from you off your hands. Well, you would have to sit in the back seat or you're not six feet apart. Fair. That's fine. And he would have to bring candy because the man... Oh, yeah. Or, and, and, and Canadian chips. Canadian chips sure. and Canadian candy. Ketchup chips. Yes. Although or all dressed. All dressed are better. But yes. Yeah, Honestly, you know what? Have... He doesn't even have to bring snacks. 
No, he needs to bring snacks. I have plenty of questions. He needs to bring snacks. I have questions. I think if we picked him up and took him somewhere, Mary might provide the snacks. Ooh, and Mary Mary is also a tremendous resource. This is a win-win. Mary? Uh, I can be there at 2 o'clock. No, listen. (laughs) I accept it first. (laughs) Uh, Folks, thanks for listening. We will be back with you on Friday. Keep the questions coming. Hashtag at F and N. That's at Front and Nationwide. F-A-N-D. N. And we will be back with you on Friday. Allison, thanks for your time as always. My pleasure. Hope everyone thanks. stays safe. Yeah, and thanks to the great David Cook for the, the pregame. I think it's the best intro music in the podcasting business. And uh, yeah, thanks to uh, our wonderful producer, Mr. Gracia. And we will be back with you on Friday. Talk to you all soon.